We're going to be talking about some things that have really uh, affected the church uh, over many, many years. And you can go on, uh, on uh, you can just start browsing on the web and, and punch this in. And, I, and this is what I did earlier this week is, how do we treat unbelievers? And you can just go to Google, you can Google that, and you will see all kinds of comments about how Christians should, should treat another unbeliever. And most of them are not scriptural. Most of them are, are what has been handed down and taught over the years. And it just, just by, uh, just, I don't want to say by chance, but one of the young ladies last week said, Mark, I need to ask you this because this is what the Bible says. So we're going to be talking about how things can be taken out of context. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Is when you take a verse and you don't, you may take, somebody may take one or two verses and build a belief upon it, and you cannot take one or two verses and build something, a very solid belief on it. Uh, you have to go before and after the verse, especially when you see Jesus... Speaking, how many of you realize that Jesus actually lived in the Old Covenant? The New Covenant came because Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected. And that's right now we live in the New Covenant. Uh, so soak this in today. Um, one of the biggest issues of today is people don't know how to listen. We have a, a I don't know, we, we, can, we can only listen for about five minutes and then it's over. But if you can listen today you may learn something. I, I can learn something as well because we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 18 and we're going to look at a real controversial subject that has been a controversial subject for years on what do we do with unbelievers? What, we do, what do we do? How do we react to those who have fallen from the church, who have gone back into the ways of the world? And, and it may spill over into next week when uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the other people may be back, but you're going to get the you're going to get the core of this today, to what we understand. So we're going to go to Matthew uh, 18, I believe. We'll start, and here's how here's how a belief is started. We're going to start in verse 15, uh, Ethan. Here's how a belief is started without knowing what we're talking about. Okay, I'm going to read this to you up on screen, and I want you to remember this. Here we go. Moreover, and we're kind of starting in, in the middle of a story, and this is how it generally happens. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So here we are, we're talking about a believer that that has evidently fallen back into the world, is living in the flesh, and that's what believers do, by the way. When you look in Galatians, and we'll go there here in a minute, when you look in Galatians and all those letters that are in the New Testament, who are they written to? Anybody? They're written to the church. They are written to believers. And so what you see in many of the letters in the New Testament is what believers are doing. Okay, remember that? And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. I must just stop right there because that's what a lot of people do is they stop right there and say, Up, oh, 
I'm taking that most of you have heard this. By the way, you're looking at me. Some of you never, may, may have never seen this before. That's why you're looking at me that way. But many of you who have been in church have, have read this, talked about it, and said to another believer. And I say this because I have done the same thing. If one has fallen and one has backslidden, is the word we like to use a lot, let's treat him like everybody else. Now, the first thing in our mind that comes to if we say that, and especially if you hear that from a, a pastor or a, or a religious leader, if that person has fallen, if that person is living like a sinner, then you treat him like a sinner. Now, my question to, to you today, here's the big million-dollar question, how do we treat a sinner? It's just, it's, when you start thinking about it, now I'm not talking about how does the church treat a sinner. I'm talking about the man who is saying these words here because the church does not treat sinners like the very man that we're reading from today. Over the, over the several years, over several years that I've been in church, been in church since I was two years old, I'm 52 now. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I was in church at newborn because they say my mom dropped me in church. That's why I am the way I am. She dropped me on my head. So I can, re you know, I can remember the things, after, but I've been in church since I was two in this area. I guess I should say that. And I have been taught so many different things. So if a person falls and if a person is uh, fallen out of grace, quote unquote, how do we treat that person? Many times I've been told, you take that person, you don't talk to them, you treat them bad, you treat them like a sinner, you treat them, you don't have anything to do with them. This is just how the Christians treat somebody who has fallen out of grace or who is a sinner. Is this true? Come on now, this is real, you guys are being real quiet and you're looking at me like, oh my gosh. I can say right now that there are some in this crowd or have been some, but some in this building that have believed that very thing because I've been questioned on this. Is we are supposed to treat them in a bad way. That's exactly what that looks like we're supposed to do. So now we're going to back up. We're going to back up about three verses and then we're going to go forward about two or three verses and we're going to see what this story really is about. Are you ready? Um, Ethan, go back to verse 12, I believe is where that starts. Okay, here we go. Here is a parable and Jesus says, what do you think? You guys ready to think? That's what he's saying. He says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? Huh? Okay. And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Oh, we're getting a whole different point of view here already, aren't we? Okay, let's go on. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, 
you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Let's go on, Ethan. Can you give me another verse? Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. How many of you know, how many of you are thinking right now of somebody that has gotten out of church or one of those people that you never could get into church, one of those people that just, you know, somebody, maybe it's your family, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a, a mom or dad or, or just whoever, and you just, everything that you do, there's just nothing that seems to make any difference. Is there anybody like that out there? I mean, it's just, just whatever you do, you see, because now Jesus says that what we're supposed to do is find those that agree with us. And we are supposed to pray for that person. Well, here's what, here's what I think has happened over the years because I've, I've done it myself. Gina and I have actually housed quite, quite a lot of people in our house before. And it's people that have been kind of down and out and they, they don't have anywhere to live um, we actually, in our, in our house in Catoosa, we actually had an upstairs that was set up like an apartment. And so we'd take people in, and we would try to help them. I really didn't know what I was doing. I, had no, I really had no idea. I kind of took this verse, and I kind of said, well, you know, if, if they're this way, then you pound it into them until they learn. Amen? That's the Christian way of doing things. So one time we took on two, two guys, two men. Oh my goodness, these guys were a mess. They were either having alcohol problems, they were having alcohol issues, or they were having girl issues, or they were having smoking issues of smoking things that they shouldn't be smoking, and they were just, just on and on and on. That's how, by the way, that one of our kids was introduced to cigarettes, was one of these guys. And so I knew that, and I automatically, in my mind, whenever we caught Brett smoking for the first time, I automatically in my mind thought, you know, these guys, I'm going to pound this into them because they have changed my life and my sons as well. Notice I thought about myself first. So that's what I did. My father-in-law and I, you know, he was being their mentor. He was doing uh, um, Bible studies with them on certain nights and doing this and that with the church. And so I told them from that point on, if they were going to stay in my house, they were going to do a Bible study with me whether they liked it or not. So I made them do all these Bible studies and tried to tell them, if you guys don't change, this is what the Word of God says, if you don't change, then God's going to get you. Now, you know, don't look at me like you've never done this. I mean, if you've been in church all, the, all along, you know, sometimes you tell your kids that, sometimes you tell your spouse that, you know, if you don't change, God's going to get you. Well... You know, nothing could be farther from the truth. But we tend to make people think that about God. We, th we tend to make him think like, we tend to make them think like he's the Godfather and not the Holy Father, amen? <laughs> so that's kind, of, that's kind of what I thought about doing this. So my, my father-in-law, he sat me down one day. He said, hey, come over here and sit down. I want to talk to you about, about these two guys. He said, um, Mark, you don't need to be doing that. You, you need to let me be mentoring these people and you need to just show them that, that you love them and that, you, that you're going to let them 
stay in your house for a while. I know some things have happened. I know they don't act the way you do, but you need to let me mentor them. That was one of the hardest things that I could do because I felt like, even with my father-in-law, I felt like I could teach these guys something that he couldn't. Especially since they'd affected my, my, my world, you know, my family. But my father-in-law knew at that point that, that they had to have somebody that they, that they respected. And as long as you tell somebody, if you don't do this, if you don't act this way, I'm going to tell, even with your kids, if you don't do this, if you don't stop doing this, they begin to lose respect for you because not even your pastor can tell you how to live. All we can do is show you what really we're called to do is we're, we're, we're called to show you what the Word of God says and then you have to make a choice. There is no way that your pastor, your priest, or anybody that you should be living, be living a particular way because they tell you you need to live this way. I had a young lady that used to come to this church years ago when she was a teenager and she decided to get into Catholicism. She began going to a Catholic church. And the Catholic church began to tell her, you have to do these things to be able to move ahead, to be part of the church. So she began to go to our youth groups and say, well, that's not exactly right because the Catholic church said this. I said very plainly, we still love the people at the Catholic church, but we do not have the same beliefs that the Catholic church has. That's just, that's just plain and simple. A lot of, there are some beliefs in the Catholic church that have been adopted over the years into the Christian church. You guys realize that? How many of you know that the, the word Catholic itself means, means universal? Catholic is with the largest church, if we can say, in the world and has, effect, and that, and has affected the world in many different ways, including the Christian church. Many of the things we do today in church would be because of Catholicism. And so she began to tell me this, and I said, that's just not, and she quit coming. She did. That was, that was of course, her, cho her choice. And, and I'm not as refined as I am today back then. <laughs> and I probably was a little mean to her, I have to say. I, I have been a little mean in the past, but I'm a little bit more refined today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But here's, what, here's how it goes, guys. The Word of God tells us how to live. And I can show you where that is. In many of the New Testament letters, let's, let's take Galatians. Um, Ethan, go ahead and bring me this verse up because everybody knows this verse because the, these verses have been preached in church for years because it shows us some things that Christians should not be doing. We should not be living in this manner because this is what, this is what was bringing trouble to these people. Let, let's, let's just go there because I know you guys have seen this, but we're going to go ahead and read this. Uh, Galatians, yes, thank you very much. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and then, and then hold, hold it right there, Ethan. So he begins to tell us the works of the flesh. How many of you know what works of the flesh are? How many of you know why these sins up here are called works of the flesh? We're talking to Christian people. We're talking to born-again people. That's what this letter is to. 
the church at Galatia had all kinds of problems. Oh my gosh, they were just, they were just a mess. But they were still born again. Yes, they were. They were still born again people. They believed that Jesus Christ was their Savior, but they just didn't know how to live. Man, they were just a mess. Anybody like that in here that's been over the years? You know, the, the greatest testimony I saw this, this, this uh, week was Gator. He had this thing on Facebook. I don't know how to get on Facebook anymore, but you said... And you said it in your own words, and I won't say everything, but he said, I have been sober for seven years. Is that right? Now, the choice words that he used, if anybody saw that, might have not have been the best, but he was expressing himself. And I just, man, I just loved that. I looked at that and I went, that's one of, that's one of mine. That's one of my sheep. Because he means it. He's not trying to look refined. He's not trying to look better than everybody else. He just said, I've been sober for seven years and used a couple of words before that. And then he just said, and it's all because I gave a promise to my wife, if I remember this right, but it's mainly because of God. Amen. That's a testimony. It's somebody that says, this is how God is working in me. He said in a little bitty paragraph, he said, God is working in me. I am not perfect, but God has been working in me for the past seven years. Look where he has taken me. And I have promised to my wife, this is where I'm going. What more could you say? I have felt the glory of God. (laughs) And the glory of God came down on me. And the Lord saith, I don't want to hear that crap. And I know you don't either. You know, God just wants to talk to you. I was driving down the road yesterday and I just said, God, why don't you just sit down in my truck and talk to me today? Because I have some questions to ask you. And he said, I have been sitting here all along, you big dummy. No, he didn't want to say that, but I said that to myself. He said, I've been sitting here all along. You know, I, I just feel these things. That he, I'm not saying he just speaks to me. Oh, I have been sitting here all along. <laughs> he just speaks to me, to my heart. To, you know, he, that, that, that still small voice on the inside of me just said, I have been sitting here. The thing is, is you just don't listen. Right. And you can just start telling everybody else they don't listen either because I talk to them all the time. <laughs> one, time I, one time I told that to the church and somebody back just sent me a letter. God does not talk to me all the time. And I felt like saying good because that's, that's if you don't think he talks to you, then he doesn't. Because you're not listening to him. So thank you very much, Gator. You're awesome. Made my week. I mean, really, it just made my week. Oh, we're, I forgot. We're on this up here. Okay. This is not something that Pastor Mark makes up. I did not write this in the Bible. I have problems with some of these myself. I know you can't hardly believe that. But these are the things that Christians, born-again people, can live in their life. Can a Christian sin? Yes, Yes, you can. But sin, will sin send you to hell? No, it will not. Mark, you you just blew me out of the water right there. 
That's why we may have to go two or three Sundays on this. If you are born again, you are born again. Just simply because you sinned today, which everybody has, by the time you got here to church, you probably did. I probably did. When you go down the road and somebody cut you off, when you got off of exit 76th Street North, and you said a little cuss word and you told them, okay, I just caught four of you. You've already, you've already messed up. You see, the thing is, is we don't understand that a lot of times we don't understand that, that the power of the cross and the power of the blood that was shed is so strong and so powerful that it has forgiven you, forgiven you for every sin of the past and sin of the future and sin of the present. So if you're one that thinks that you've got to spend the rest of your life saying, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, you're never going to get them all. You won't. If you think that you have to ask for, 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 the forget, uh, for sin that you did two days ago, you are never going to get them all. As long as, you, as, as long as you think that, you're going to think you're going to hell for the rest of your life because you sometimes you will sin and you will not even know it. God, through Jesus Christ, has forgiven you if you are born again and accepted Jesus as your Savior. That's why I always say it's the most important decision you will ever make because you have been forgiven past, present, and future. Now, me saying that, I will go on here in just a minute or next Sunday, and we do need to be responsible. Let's do it now. Now, the works of the flesh. So these are born-again people. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery and fornication and uncleanness and, and lewdness. And Does anybody have an amplified Bible in here this morning? Huh? Can, you pull, can somebody pull an amplified, the, the amplified Bible, these verses up, so we can maybe better understand these words? Can you do that, Shaggy? Or, or, Cage, you got it? <laughs> well, I didn't know you could do that, Ethan. <laughs> All right, let's do this again. Now, the doings or the practices of the flesh are clear. They're, in other words, they're obvious. How many of you realize that even though you're born again, you can obviously be not living for the Lord? Right? So, so the practices are obvious. They are immorality. and So in other words, if you're in a sexual relationship that is not godly, you're being immoral. Right? Their immorality, their impurity, their indecency, um, idolatry, in other words, that's worshiping something else other than God Himself. And believe it or not, people worship all sorts of things. Money, their job, their car, their, you know, if you have, I've been talking, to, been talking to Mr. Subaru up here. If you need a Subaru, this is the guy to go to right here. He works at Subaru now. And not only is he good looking, he can smile. His, his, isn't his smile precious? And, and he will make you spend $40,000 on a Subaru, right? Mm-hmm. So, been talking to him because he, he's a lot like I am. And, he's, and we, when we were uh, counseling them, I told him, man, you are so much like me uh, at, at that age. Because I worshipped my car, man. I mean, he, he loves his Subaru. And he had to make a decision here not too long ago that the Subaru, the car, he had an awesome car too. How many of you have seen Kyle's car? 
he had this, this awesome Subaru, in case you don't know. Fast, fast, like my Dodge. Anyway, he had to make the, if, I hope you don't mind me using you, because, okay, thank you very much. He had to make the decision that family was more important than that car. And I know some of you, some of you ladies, are, some of you girls are out there going, how, how do you even, what? well, that's just how a guy is. I mean, your motorcycle. Do you realize that there are more important things than your motorcycle? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, say uh, to Shaggy, your motorcycles? <laughs> Amen. So Kyle had to make the decision that there's more important things in my car. And no longer can I worship my car. No longer is my car the most important thing. That's idolatry. And so, so Kyle got rid of his idolatry. He got rid of his idol, really, because he loved his car. And, and I could see it when we were, when we were uh, counseling them how difficult that was going to be. But you know what? There's reward for you afterwards, man. I know it hurts right now. It hurts worse than a big cavity, right? Or your teeth being knocked out or whatever. There's, there's reward for you later because you're, you're making the right decisions. How many of you realize that? Sometimes we make the right decisions. So idolatry and sorcery and enmity and strife, and if you need to look these words up, go ahead. Uh, jealousy, anger, ill temper. Selfishness, divisions. How many of you like to make dissensions in life? How many of you like to talk about other people and you know, make at, at work and make other people not like them and kind of like you better or, or at school? That's dissension. Divisions, causing divisions. Uh, a party spirit, John. And when I go, you can party, but just don't have a party spirit. A partying spirit, I mean, one of those that, that you, know, you know, I don't know if you realize it or not, but when you go out and you act like a fool out in public, you are not being a witness. That's a partying spirit. Did, I didn't make that up. Parting spirit. Faction, sex, particular opinions, heresies. How many of you love to tell your opinion? I mean, you know, don't, don't, push, don't, don't push somebody out off on your political beliefs. You know, if, if you're going to vote for somebody, just, you know, say, I vote for, put the sign out front. But don't get on, don't get on social media and push, push him or her so bad to where people hate you. Because that happens a lot. You know, if you got a if you got a political if you got a political opinion, don't be don't be you know you're not going to push anybody your way. People are going to block you. If I haven't, I I will. Amen. <laughs> because you know we don't mean we don't need to be pushing our political views on people. You guys really like that one, didn't you? So in other words. Oh, envy and drunkenness, and oh, it just keeps going on. Envy, envy and drunkenness and carousing and the like, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So that just tells me right there, and I've said this over and over again, that just, to me, if you take that out of context, none of us are going to heaven. Not one of us. That's not what that says. The kingdom of God was brought to earth when Jesus came. Are you listening to me? The kingdom of God is already here. 
talking about the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Because when Jesus came here on earth, brought the word of God to, to, to us, he brought the kingdom of God to us. And so what this author is saying is, is you can be born again and you can be living like hell, like everybody else. You have the option to live like everybody else. You have the option to, to be born again, going to heaven when you leave this earth. I hope that all of us in this room, we get to go, you know, I hope we get to see Jesus come back and we just get to just take off. But, you know, if we don't, we're all going to heaven because we're born again. But we can live like everybody else. And in other words, the kingdom of God will not be seen in your life while you're here on earth. You won't be a witness. You'll be wondering why all these things are happening in your life. You'll be wondering why God has left you. You'll be wondering all these things. And all you'll be doing is living a lie. Because he gives us a a a. a, a a word to go by and you have the option to go. I am not going to, I just made the decision, I am not going to stand up here and tell you all your sins because I just, I just gave you a really good pattern to go by. I gave you a roadmap, yeah. And so you have the choice to go by it or not. You have the choice to go by it or not because how you live is up to you, Right? And it's my calling to let you know all the things that hurt you because sin is death. Even to the Christian, I believe, even to the Christian, some Christians have gone too early because they're living in sin and sin has killed them. I just, I just think it's plain and simple. So see, we have the... We have, so, so I'm not only setting you free, I'm setting me free. Just because you're not living right is not my fault. And don't you be going telling people that pastor's not preaching the right thing or he's too mean. Because I'm giving you the roadmap to go by and it's your choice. I cannot make you do anything. Amen? Amen. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that great to be free? Come on. Come on. Let's give yourself a hand. I'm free. I'm free. Sin has no hold on me. I've been healed. Hallelujah. All right, I want to give you one more verse before we close. Take a look at Galatians 3, 19 through 21. Take a look at this. We'll just, we'll just pick up next week. This is, going to be a, this is going to be really good, I think. Right? Amen. It's going to be good for me, whether it's good for you or not. <laughs> Take a look at this. Galatians. Ethan, you got that one for me? Galatians. No, I'm sorry, Ethan, that's wrong. Colossians 4. Five and six. He already gave me Galatians. He's probably back there looking at me like, I already put that up. <laughs> Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Is it there? Oh, listen to this. Here's another letter to the church. Different place, different letter. Listen to this. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. In other words... Jesus never went out and partied with the sinners. He did. Talked to them, sat with them, even ate with them, but he didn't party with them. 
you're a witness on whatever you do, right? So walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, your, your assignment for this week is to go back to this right here and make sure that we're not taking this out of context. You'll go back into the letter of Colossians and you're going to read before and after. If you're having your small groups, this is your assignment right here. If your small groups is this week. Find out if we're taking this out of context or not. So in other words, what we're seeing here is, is we're, supposed to, we're supposed to walk in wisdom. We're not supposed to be out there and say, oh, yeah, man, I'll, be, I'll go to the bar with you guys and we're going to have a good time and I'm going to preach Jesus to you. Amen. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Guys, I'm just asking you to be, have a little common sense here, okay? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, you guys, they're in the motorcycle groups. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go witness to these guys. We're going to, these, we're going to these, uh, these clubs, you know, that aren't Christian. You guys better be careful. I'm telling you right now. Come on, listen to Pastor Pawpaw up here. You may be older than me, but these are words of wisdom. Be careful what you do and where you go because you will get caught up into those things if you are not careful. Just like everybody else, if you're going to go out and you're going to witness to certain people in certain areas, how many of you know that when you go and, and it may be family or something, they start talking about somebody, you just like to join right in, amen? It's just fun. Yep. What did you hear? Yeah, I heard that, you know? And we just start, you got to be careful in what you do. You got to watch your words. Your words need to be full of grace. Amen. Woo! Full of grace. That doesn't mean that you're pounding in your religion to them. That means that your words are full of grace and they're, they're full of truth. And if they ask you these things, I was around so much in my family that was so sad this week. I just couldn't get them to smile. It was just, it was like there was a barrier there. It was like something was there that I just couldn't break. And I finally said at the end when we put him in the ground, God loves each and every one of us just the way we are, and whatever he did for God, let's just rejoice in knowing. It's pretty much what all I could say. Amen. Well, here's how it goes, guys. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, you have been called as a witness. And the more you understand the way you've been called and what you've been called to, you will go out there and you won't have to keep constantly thinking, constantly, what did Pastor Mark say? What is, it, what is it? You will constantly, the Word of God will come to you and you will know what to do in that situation. Amen? All right, I'm going to stop right there because we need to start up next week. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Boy, isn't it good to study the Word of God? Stand up with me, come on. Isn't it good? It's so wonderful to learn. Man, this is what the Word of God says. Not, not because somebody said it to you, but this is not, not because somebody told you this years ago, but this is what the Word of God says. It ought to be setting you free right now. Father, I just pray right now that, that we're being set free. I am free. I mean, hallelujah. I am free. Man, you ought to be able to say that. Man, I've been, you might be saying, man, but I looked at that all these years. I've been thinking for 30 years. That's what that said. I'm supposed to treat those people bad. That is not what the Word of God says. Amen. Hallelujah for godly wisdom. Amen. Amen. 
Father, we just thank you this morning and we, we lift our hands. Come on, let's put our hands up in the air. Father, we just thank you this morning that, that you have saved us, that you have redeemed us, that you have called us by name, that that's who we are. Father, we don't say that we're a perfect people. But Father, we are going towards perfection because when we leave this earth, we will be perfect and we will be living with you. Father, all those things will be gone. They will be passed away. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow. Father, those who have gone before us, we thank you that they had, the, that they had a life that they had, that, they, that they, whatever they knew to do, that they lived for you. And Father, we want to say the same thing this morning is we want to live for you, not for me, not for somebody else. We want to live for you. So Father, we just glorify your name. And we say all this and we do all these things in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a brand new creation in Him. I have now approached the presence of God with no condemnation of sin. I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, what belongs to Him? Come on, let me hear it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on.